Hi, Catherine. It's me, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. It's me, Catherine. Oh, hi. It's so nice to be in the L.A. studio again. Look at us here. I know. I know, and yet we're still Zooming from other rooms today. I know, but doesn't it feel nice to have the nice fall weather? I came back and I'm like, finally, it's season, it's season, (laughs) a new season. I know. I put my heat on in my house. Yes. I just had my heater replaced in my bathroom in my apartment, and I like literally thanked it out loud today. I was like, thank you for existing. (laughs) It's just so warm and cozy. Oh, yeah. Nice and cozy. That's right. I got a coat. I got a new coat in New York. Oh. Joe bought me a new coat, a winter coat, because we were there and we were not prepared. Joe goes shopping in every city we go to. He just, he starts, it's (laughs) like, basically, he starts out with nothing and then just acquires clothing while we're there. So every day is a shopping bonanza. I love that he loves to shop and you don't. I know. I'm like, we can't go to Prada. I go, I cannot go to Prada again. I just can't deal with it. He's like, come on. I mean, come every on. couple has that issue, right? I know, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's like totally the reverse. I love it. It's like I'm the male and he's the female, but he's fine with that. And so am I, actually. It works. And you wind up with having the things you need mm-hmm. and maybe some Prada. Yeah, and some extra things that I need. Yeah, while there are people yeah. starving in the world, we have as much shit as we need. Well, Chelsea, I have an update from one of our previous callers. Oh, I love those. This is from E. She is the gal that we talked to whose boyfriend was occasionally drinking and he would say nasty things to her. Oh, yeah, I remember. Like, oh, this is why I don't want to be with you. Yeah, so she says... Oh my gosh, I just heard my email response in the episode. Thanks so much for the helpful advice. I wanted to update all of you and tell you that I gave him one more chance and he fucked up, so I broke up with him. And guess what? Yeah. Since then, my career has skyrocketed and so many other things in my life are coming together now. It's crazy what happens when you respect yourself enough to know when someone isn't giving you what you deserve. Chelsea, I bought tickets to your Vancouver tour and I am so excited to see you live. I love you and thank you again, E. Oh my God, how fucking awesome is that? It's just delightful. I love oh, people wonderful. taking their power. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I love saying, don't fucking settle. Do not settle for shit. We don't have yes. to settle. When you settle, then you're not creating a higher standard for yourself. And we always want the best of what we deserve. And we deserve the best. Every yes. single one of us deserves the best. So good for you, yes. E. I love it. And it sounds like she just like unblocked some energy, like something that was not so great in her life. And all of a sudden, this flood of wonderful things came to her. Yeah, right. Ah, Exactly. And we should never be caretakers in our lives. You know what I mean? Not for romantic partners, unless, you know, something terrible happens. Then that's a different set of circumstances. But when somebody has a drinking problem that they can't control, that is not your fucking problem. Right, exactly. And, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit about this on the episode, but it is a little bit of that in vino veritas. Like, if somebody is saying something to you when they're in an altered state that, like, it might be what they really feel that they really... They're really not into it. And guess what? You don't have to be into them either. What is it? What is the phrase you used? <laughs> in, vino, in, in vitro oh, fertilization? in vino veritas. In, <laughs> in vino veritas, which is, in wine there is truth, or something to that oh. effect. So, sort of like how you say what you really mean when you're, oh, when you're yeah. a little, you know, half in the bag. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
And so she is doing great. I'm, I was excited to tell you about that. Well, I love updates. Please, if you've called in before, please, I, we love to hear updates, especially positive ones. And even yeah. if they're not great, then I would like to hear that feedback too. Also, when you want to write into the show, it's Dear Chelsea Project at Gmail. So make sure you are writing into the show because we get all kinds Correct. of submissions. So don't think that your problem isn't worthy of being talked about or it's not appropriate. Like, we'll find a way to talk about it based on who our guests are. And we kind of curate the shows for, you know, the topics for the guests we have on. So you never know when your topic will be relevant. Exactly. So we have a really exciting guest today, Chelsea. Oh, yeah. He One is. One of your buddies. Yes. He has a couple of podcasts actually currently going. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows him from Will and Grace. And he is on the Smash Success podcast called Smartless with Jason and Will Arnett. Jason's last name is Arnett too because he and Will are married. And he also has his <laughs> own podcast called Hypochondriactor. 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 Yes. He'll tell us when he gets Hypochondriactor. here. Hypochondriactor. <laughs> Hypochondriactor, which I've been a guest on Smartless, and I will be a guest on Hypochondriactor as well. So please give your attention to one of my funniest friends, Sean Hayes. So I saw your friend Deb Messing at I my show her. at the Beacon. She came to my show at the Beacon. I love her. Yeah, she was cute. She's cute. Can we touch? You can, Of course. I want you to slide in here. Okay, come as close as you want. Okay, there we are. I just yeah. want to be able to feel this little <laughs> baby right there. He's at attention today. <laughs> Why are you so tired, honey? Um, I Your got, muscles feel nice. Thanks. I got Big. up at like uh, yeah. I got up at five today. I don't know. I just, so did I. I so, drank too much this weekend. I think. Oh, uh, me too. And I got up at five. Really? I got up at five and I was today. Yeah, this morning I got up at five and I said to Joe Coy, he goes, "Are you I getting up?" Him. And I go, yeah, I think I'm going to get up. And he goes, I'll get up with you. And I go, all right, I'm going to get on the Peloton. And he's like, I'll get on the treadmill. Then we did that. I go, I'm going to my trainers at 745. And he goes, I'll do that with you too. And I go, this is fucking awesome. I go, you just do whatever I do. I love it. For two years. And then you're like, guess what? Maybe (laughs) we need to be codependent. I need to get a new boyfriend. (laughs) I need to start dating. That's when I'll start dating women. Because that's going to happen at some point. You mean it hasn't? Well, I mean, you know, just for a night or two. Nothing serious. Are you enjoying your podcasts that you're doing, Smartless? You sound like you... uh, Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I I laugh so hard. It's so fucking funny. So is this one. Oh. Yeah, this is... Well, newsflash, you're funny. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Hey, how about about 30 minutes we talk, 30 minutes we nap, and then we wrap it up? Yeah, don't worry. It's going to be like that. We go an hour, and that's our limit, so don't worry about going over. You know what's so funny is podcasts that go for two hours. Like Dax's. Uh, Yeah, I don't— Dax thought he was going to be here for two hours, too. I had to cut him off. I was like, nobody. Nobody's that interesting. Nobody's going for that long. By the way, for me to catch— And I was on it. For me to catch— I'm not that interesting. For me to catch up with a podcast in my car, I have like a 20-minute— attention span i don't have time to listen to a two-hour fucking interview when people are like did you listen to so-and-so on stern i'm like or mick jagger was just on stern i tried well that was because he's also you know like well he's experiencing dementia or something because he couldn't get his thoughts like oh really is that true yeah i think he's old he's like 80 yeah but i was like i I cannot listen to this for two hours it's too fucking long yeah well and you know i don't have um rolling stones on my playlist. Okay, so any you have ABBA mostly. Absolutely. Uh, Did you hear the new one? Uh, God, it's fantastic. My friend today goes by the name of Sean Hayes. <laughs> 
<laughs> just he, for today. <laughs> he is <laughs> he is an actor extraordinaire. He is a flaming homosexual. Yes, yes. Are we allowed to say that anymore? Sure. I doubt it. I don't give a shit. But he's also, well, he's so talented. So <laughs> fucking talented. Likewise. Remember, well, we've talked about this so many times, so maybe we don't need to revisit it. But remember how talented you were on the set of Will and Grace and how, <laughs> what a basket case I was <laughs> on the not, set of Will and no, Grace. I, I, the only yeah. part I don't like about rehashing this with you is yeah. you pretending that I wasn't No, like no, that. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. You were a basket case. Okay, thank you. No, but but what I'm saying is it's hard to come in any set that's been like around that long because you're you're coming into the quote-unquote house or the home of these people who have relationships already. So you're trying to figure out your place in a week. Yeah, but so that's, that's, not what, that's not what that was about. That, right. I was going through something and right. that was a different... You through it? Uh, yeah, I'm through it. Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm through it. If, if that was still going on, I'd probably be fucking dead. Um, Wait, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Yeah. I, yeah. How many of these do you do a day? This is my second one today, but yeah, I usually do two, maybe do three two. a day. Is that hard for you it, to keep it up? Two is not hard. Three gets a little bit tricky. And then what do you do? Kind of check out? Uh, well, in the middle of somebody talking. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not like that usually. I can pretty much focus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that couldn't happen on the third hour. Yeah. I'm much better at focusing now than I used to be. Like when I did my talk show, if yeah. somebody was fucking boring, I would literally just be thinking about lunch. Really? Yeah. Like what, what did you, how did you, wasn't it scary to kind of like have your mind wander? No. And then how would you get no, back? No, because I, and my mind wandering was better for the show than me listening to their <laughs> dribble. <laughs> it's so funny. So you true. You've had so many talk shows. Have I? Yeah, and do you... I think I've only had two. Oh, I feel like you've had more. I've had two, but I they've Name I've done them, them both so for Chelsea, Chelsea Lately, Lately Chelsea. Chelsea, and everything else was documentaries. Oh, and, maybe and that's then what I'm after yeah. late like other shows, nothing talk show. Well, you're so good at it. Why did you never want to do like a daytime or a nighttime? I know Chelsea Lately was a nighttime thing, and Chelsea and Chelsea was streaming. But didn't you want to do something mainstreamy? No. All right. I don't want to be told what to do by a bunch of old white guys. All right. I like to tell them, like, this is how it's going to be and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And by the way, Sean, this is not an interview show where you interview me. <laughs> this is an interview know, show I... <laughs> where we talk about your sex life for the right. first 30 minutes. That's about, you don't need that long. I want to tell, well, I know that. <laughs> yeah, he's not lying, everybody. His <laughs> lover, partner, lifesaver, actually. Husband. 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 Yeah. husband extraordinaire. Yeah. Who lives for you. His name is Scotty, and he's exactly how you'd picture him. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah. And Sean is about as useful as an ashtray on a motorcycle (laughs) when it... Comes what? when it what? comes to domesticity. Oh yeah, well, that's I mean, true. you are worse than I am oh, because I've been over to their house. I learned and, it from you. Well, you didn't learn it from me because we just met as adults, so I don't know where the fuck you learned it. But you come from a big family with a lot of kids, where you had to fucking yeah, for sure earn I, your keep in a different way. I don't understand why you can't do anything. No, I was no, the youngest. Of no, no, six. but see, I remember reading. I remember you telling me and also reading about you saying, "I don't know how to turn the TV on. I don't know how any text things work." I got this house thing, like, I don't know if a door breaks. I don't know how the fucking, you know, knob works. And I'm exactly the same way. If I get a Google Doc, if I see something That's in an saying. email and it says Google Doc, I shut my computer down <laughs> because I'm so scared go, that, nine, I, nine. that I will get in I will get in there and I will delete another person's work right. or something untoward will happen and mm-hmm. I just am like, fuck. If I get a Dropbox, mm-hmm. I just give my phone to my assistant and I'm like, what is this? I know, I can't do But it's such that. an indicator of our age now that I want to fight against it. You well, know how I mean? old were you when you got your internet? 
like your first like computer? Uh, I was living in LA. I think I was nineteen. Not your first internet. What yeah. Is that? Well, and I met computer and like, way, like email address and all that. Well, that by the way, I have the same email address I did when I was nineteen years old. AOL. Yep. No. Yeah, I still pay six ninety five a month. <laughs> You and me are the last two people that have AOL accounts. Yeah. <laughs> We're so lazy. I know. It's... it's so lazy. First of all, I would love to cut off all the people that have that address. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I... there's so much motivation to change How my email. How have they not been hacked? It feels like that's the easiest one to hack. Well, what are they going to hack for me? I'm already, like, hacking I clearly myself. Clearly, like, Dropboxes and Gmail. Well, yes, but there's Attachments. No, nothing interesting. Attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I see an attachment, I just delete the email. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a contract, a super important contract. You're like, I never got it. How's it yeah. going? How's it's life? It's going great. These questions are amazing. It's going great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean is a fucking asshole, by the way. So just prepare yourself for that shit. I wanna... No, no. How's it going? It's going great. Busier than ever, you know. You figured it, you know, during during the, during the uh, oh my God, I almost said something horrible. During, <laughs> said during the... the Holocaust. <laughs> We've lost them. It's over. It's over. During the, <laughs> during the pandemic. During the pandemic. For some people, it was like a holocaust. It was. That's why I probably thought of that. During the pandemic. <laughs> during the pandemic, you know, like everybody, we uh, pivoted because that's a real popular word. Were you we triggered? Pivoted. Were you triggered by the holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I, no, I wasn't triggered by the pandemic. As you know, I do Smartless with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, and we were literally just like, "Hey, let's do a podcast," ju literally just to hang out because nobody could go anywhere. So we set it up on Zoom, and we just did it for like we were gonna let's just do like five of these and be done, and here we are. That's oh my crazy. god! Yeah, it really, was super fun. And then I do hypochondriactor, which you're gonna come on because I'm an actor who's a hypochondriac, as you know, and. um Oh, I can show this on the thing, right? So I got my. Now I got a foot boot. Because he has boot. a his toe hurts, so yeah, he's wearing hurts. a oh foot goodness. boot. Yeah, I got a foot yeah, boot. Yeah, it's pretty oh. dramatic, and it falls right in line with being a hypochondriac, a hypochondriac actor, hypochondriac yeah, actor, hypochondriac actor, hypochondriac actor. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, I didn't really, I didn't realize you and Will and Jason were such good friends. Oh I, yeah, I didn't for know a long, that. long, long, long time. Yeah. Well, those guys are so fucking funny. Oh and my god, you're they make funny, me laugh so. so hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's how I've been. I've, that's what I've been doing. I'm also doing a play called Goodnight Oscar, where I play Oscar Levant, who is George Gershwin's best friend. And the story is very kind of Salieri Mozart, a very contentious, you know, love-hate relationship between Oscar and, and George's music. And uh, But it also takes, the whole play takes place backstage of The Tonight Show when Jack Parr hosted. And Oscar Levant is very famous for talking about mental health publicly before anybody else did in the 50s. Oh, wow. And it was super shocking to hear it back then. And he ended up in mental institutions and he was addicted to prescription drugs. He used to say things like, he was super, super, super witty and funny. Anyway, so I'm doing that. And where, uh, where, where can we see that play? That's at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. Ooh, that's uh, your hometown. That's my hometown. We open there, and then I think we're going to Broadway after that. 
Oh, how exciting. And Smartless is on the road because I was just in That's Boston right. performing I at know. the Fillmore and I saw that Smartless was at the Wang, I think, right? You guys? I don't even, I, I mean, I have to, I don't, I didn't memorize the theater. Do you, are you going or yeah. did you go already? No, no, it's it's the first two weeks of February. Oh, how exciting is that? Yes, yeah, so I do that. And then I do the first two weeks on tour of Smartless in February. Then I go do the play for probably six months. And then I have this other big project that if it goes, I'll go right into that. Okay, and is that a transition? That is, um, yeah. <laughs> and so for yeah. the Smartless podcast, you guys are going to, what are you going to do, bring guests on for the yeah. shows? Yeah, so we're going to do it just like the podcast, which I don't know if people know. The conceit of our show, of, our, of, our, of Smartless, it's called, is one of us brings on a guest that the other two don't know about. And it's a surprise to the other two. So they interview them without being prepared or anything. They just ask questions in real time like we're doing right now. And so we'll do this tour just exactly the same. So, which is going to be really fun to try to keep it hidden. We're yeah, going to have like right, somebody backstage. Right. Like, yeah. And, and they're huge, big names. Oh, so fun. how fun is yeah, that? Super fun, how cool. Yeah. yeah, I had a great time being on the podcast. Thank you Th for asking thank me. Thank you for coming on. You yeah. were so funny. Oh, my God, that story about... That car ride, the the road trip with the guy in the hotel, and oh yeah, the cocaine. God, that was so yeah. funny. Yeah, that cocaine story was a good. Wait, I want to ask you something though, because you you seem to have like unbelievably boundless energy. You are always, and it. I'm not just saying this; it's really inspiring to me, and I'm sure other people that want to do this. But you just seem to be always on the road, always creating something, always writing a book, always just in it and creating and creating and creating. Why? Where do you get that from? Don't you ever get exhausted and want to quit? Like, what's the deal? Mm, I think that's uh, a question for the end of the show when you're supposed oh. to ask me a question. Okay, so no, this I, isn't the yeah, end. Uh, no, no, you just got here. So way to try and get the fuck out of here as okay. soon as you sat down. This is just like hanging out with you in real life. <laughs> in my, in I my... want to tell a story about bringing you to Chicago with me. That was so fun. That was so fun. But you were such a pain in the ass about it. Because uh -huh. remember, I was doing my book tour for Life Will Be the Death of Me, and you and Love Scotty were coming. I, you were nice enough to say yes. You were going to interview me somewhere in Chicago. Really quick, I, I said, do I have to read the book? You're like, yeah. I'm not talking. Yes, you I have said, to yeah, read the you got to read book. the fucking book, you asshole. Like, I mean, how hard is it to read a book? But apparently in this town, it is fucking hard. Yeah. But I read um, the whole thing and I was fascinated. Yes, I because then it. you realize we had so many commonalities and similarities in our upbringing yes. and just like kind of mayhem. And you come yeah. from a large family Chaos. that's dysfunctional as well. I mean, I don't know many families that aren't dysfunctional right. at this point. Right. And then... We had a couple drinks before we went on stage. I had more than a couple. Yeah, 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 which was the theme of that tour. Everyone who I brought on that tour needed to drink before they got on stage. So by the time we got on stage with half the people, like Leah Remini did my L.A. one, and she had Fireball <laughs> for the very first time in her life. She had four shots of Fireball. <laughs> What's and, Fireball? Exactly. I didn't. I didn't so know this until um, then either. And now I know. It's is that a, the thing you light or something? It's well, you don't even have to light it because it feels like it's. It tastes like it's lit already. <laughs> I now I. Know it from skiing because yeah. my friend from skiing likes fireball, so it's a great like warming drink. Like if you need to warm up and you're fucking yeah, yeah, cold, yeah, 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 like a um, hot toddy, yeah, something like that. And they say it actually has like a little bit of antifreeze in it, like not Ugh. real antifreeze, but it's banned in Europe. It's like hot cinnamon is very bad for you. Okay, oh, okay. well I don't mind drinking a little very bit bad. of antifreeze. I no. mean, there are worse things that I've put in this <laughs> body. Cures that's COVID. for sure. It cures COVID, doesn't it? Yeah. Did you get COVID by the way? No. Uh oh! Wait, high five. Did you? No, I didn't. Right. Right. But wait, we were talking about the tour drinking, and we came out. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Got, no, no, I'm you, a bit discursive today because I'm so excited to see I'm you. I'm so excited to be. Been seeing you in so long. I know to be here and on you and in you and later. inside of me. <laughs> yes, it's such. 
Um, a dream wait. come true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first. Do you remember the first time we ever, ever, ever met? It was at a charity. Yes, right? it was we backstage. Were, yeah, and you and you were. Sitting, I remember there were a lot of balls. Well. Weren't it was, there? It was uh, I think it was an Alzheimer's benefit. Okay. And you go, and this one goes, never met. And she's sitting in the, like, you're sitting backstage up against the wall with your legs crossed, kind of slouched over with a drink in your hand. Kind of like just like a real judgy look. And I walk past, you go, hey, Jack, is Will here? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't, God. that doesn't sound like me at <laughs> yeah, all. It's totally, that's what you said. I think when I met you, you told me that you weren't out of the closet. I did. I think you did. I think you were joking. And, oh right! And, oh, and I was. I was and that made me laugh. Oh, you were okay, like, good. I said something about you being gay, and you said I'm not out of the closet, and I started laughing hysterically. I yeah. was like, whether you are or not, you are. Yeah. No, I was. Comp- of I mean, I've been out since well, I'm 12 years old. Know, well, ever 18 since. Years yeah, old, ever since you started, well, expressing yourself. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Chatting. <laughs> How was I would imagine that you enjoyed COVID with Scotty because you're antisocial. Yes. No, I'm not. I, I I mean Yeah, you are. No, not really. I mean, are you are you? Sometimes. Yeah, no, I'm No, I am antisocial me, because me, of COVID, quite no, frankly. No, let me tell you something. I, I learned a lot from Maria Shriver, who's, you know, is oh, such an incredible— We have to go over there, by the way, yeah. Sunday night dinner. She's the greatest. No, no we no. have to go hang out let's with her together. It. I'll make sure it happens, I swear. Okay, let's do it together because she keeps asking me to come over with Joe Coy. Okay. And okay. I'm like, oh, I'm let's never home. Sunday. Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. put it in the calendar. Bye. Okay. No, but for real, she's like, you know, how, what a massive advocate she is for the Alzheimer's movement and yeah. educating people, especially women, about the risks and how women, they don't know why women are more susceptible to get Alzheimer's than men. Like, I think it's three to one or something like that. Uh, don't quote me on that. But one of the things that she always talks about that's really stuck in my head because my mom passed away of Alzheimer's is, and I'm kind of a woman, <laughs> is to force yourself to be, to be and remain social. Right. Mm. So when you say I, I'm kind of antisocial, don't go out. I sure, of course, I'd rather sit at home in my pajamas and watch a movie. But I also find the challenge of meeting new people really fun and and getting to know them. And I think that's why I enjoy podcasting and interviewing and stuff like that because I like people. I really do like people, and I like learning about them. And I remain curious, which I think is really really important. But anyway, it's one of the biggest things to combat Alzheimer's is to. Force yourself to remain social, especially the older you get. That's good. And especially in That's women. good to know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because nobody wants to. So you have to, it's like going to the gym for your brain. Uh-huh. Yeah, the mental gym. We like that. That's yeah. a, that's good advice. I'll remember that the next time I'm about to cancel a dinner. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, right now, the thing is, I'm on tour, so I'm so fucking depleted yeah, and yeah, exhausted. Yeah. Yes. So when I come and home. And then you're doing this. Like last night, I had dinner with my three girlfriends set, and then I was out with Joe, and we were having a snack, and I was like, I just don't think I can make this dinner. I just don't think I can go and because it's going to be all about me because I have no one seen me in a long time and then right. that pressure I don't like that pressure. Where, where, where it's like oh my god how tell me how about it tell me how it was yeah and, and then they want to see Joe and me together because my friends are really excited. Right. They, or, they, I want to meet Joe. Yeah yeah I know I want you to meet Joe too. We'll do that at Maria's Because right now he looks night. a little photoshopped but that's just yeah. Well, so I don't know if I, I know well that when you exists. see him in person he'll look the same he <laughs> still looks photoshopped so <laughs> we've got that to go on. And I was very honest with my friends I said you guys you know what I'm just I don't have the bandwidth. I'm really stretched yeah. too thin. I'm really sorry because I, I you know, I want to show up and and see my friends, obviously. But when I have such, I have two days home it, of a turnaround. Right. And I squeeze everything into those two days. And, and then I'm you're just exhausted like, to go yeah. back. And, and then I'm yeah. like, I have to be refreshed when I perform. I right. have to be well rested. All it's that kind bullshit. of like when, when God forbid, you know, something awful, like somebody is sick in your family or you have a sick friend or you have, or God forbid somebody passes away that you love. It's, 
you're now at the age where I don't really tell people because then as much as they care and we're blessed that they care, it becomes a second and a third job to answer those texts and those emails and take care of them for trying to take care of you, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. and it sounds kind of uh, ungrateful or, or, but it's not. It's just you're exhausted and you're depleted, right? Mm-hmm. From dealing with whatever situation. Yeah. Like, like all the updates I had to give my mom's friends, my friends, my family, everything when I took care of my mom, I was like, well, plus I got to take care of my mom. So now I'm doing, and then I got to work. So mm-hmm. it's just endless. So now if something like, my my one of my brothers passed away from COVID in December last oh, December. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't really tell a lot of people, of course. <laughs> telling everybody, but everybody knows by now. Of course, it was almost a year ago, and it was really sad. But yeah, that's the thing. So anyway, that's relating. I'm relating that kind of stuff to overworking yourself. Mm, I hear you. I hear. You. I'm sorry to hear about your brother. That's thanks. terrible. Thanks, thanks, thanks. How did you guys find COVID together? I mean, you guys spent an enormous. Well, we looked. We shopped. Shopped all day and night. Online. For, yeah, online. We found. Finally found it. What, what did you find? COVID? <laughs> you said, how did you find COVID? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so stupid. What a stupid, stupid response. <laughs> I don't know if you know what this podcast is, but yeah. people basically call in for advice. Oh, let's do it. And they want real advice oh, okay, from so, us. Okay, so how did I find COVID? Like, what did I no, do? No, 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 no. You don't have to answer that question. You already blew it. You already blew it. Okay. And by the way, I think your brother passing away takes the cake on that subject matter. So let's oh, not even... Oh, do you want even... to hear a crazy story? Sure. About that? Yeah. So my sister, so my brother passes away. The memorial's like three months after that. And my sister did this great thing where I grew up in this house uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. And the address was 846. And so she made hats and T-shirts to give out to family and friends that said our address on it, which mm, I thought was really touching. Sweet. And so I have the hat on right now. And I was going around, like I'd go to the gas station and the grocery store, whatever errands I was doing, I would always have this hat on in memoriam of my brother. And people would kind of like give me a heads up and a nod and like, way to go. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening. And it happened all the time. And I was at the gym and people were like, way to go. And I was like, what is that? So I was watching a news conference about one of the many, many, many African-American kids shot by a police officer wrongly, all those kinds of things. And I'm watching this one of those stories. And on the press conference, all these guys had a hat on that said 846. And I was like, what? And it's the amount of time that George Floyd was being yeah. held down, which is tragic. Mm. And then I was like, oh, and I put I put two and two together. So they were all kind of thinking yeah. it was one thing and it was another. But I was like, hey, it's got two great causes in one. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then you didn't have to lift a finger or go to any marches. Nope, just put a hat on. Yep, there you go. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. We can cut that whole story if you want. It's uh, no. too boring. <laughs> no, I like that story. It's cute. It's sweet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we basically give advice. People call in, and surprisingly, they're pretty sincere and earnest. Yeah. There's not a lot of fucking mm-hmm. assholes. So you have to dig deep into your reservoir of knowledge. Yeah. I know you've been to therapy. Yeah, I still am. And yeah, well, you should be. <laughs> and, especially and, after this. And we have, yeah, especially after this abuse of hour and so you have to do you know you, you we, we want to give them sincere life advice and how to how to get to the next positive place so i okay, just great. want you to be prepared i love you it know? you need to be as involved as possible okay i love it and hopefully thematically we will be able to have matched some of your interests 
or lifestyle choices <laughs> to our callers. <laughs> yeah, because it's a choice. Yeah, no. And Catherine, nice. our lovely producer, will introduce us to each and every write in. Some people will be live and we'll see them. Oh, yes. for real? Yeah, oh, okay. and some people just write in. Mm-hmm. So okay, she'll great. clarify. Yeah. This is super fun. You get to see their lovely faces. But before we go to some callers, should we take a quick break? Sure. Let's sure. take a Let's quick, take a quick excuse break. Excuse me, Sean. We're going to take a quick break now. We look like such a happy couple. Ad breaks should always be for selfies, I think. You get it? Mm, I got it. It's erect now. Baby shark is up. So our first email comes from Michelle, and this is a little bit of relationship and marriage advice. Dear Chelsea, I'm hoping you can give some advice for my husband and I. We seem to have the same repeating argument. For context, we've been married for three years, have two young daughters, and we still really like each other. The problem is, I will regularly load both girls into my car to take them to school or wherever, and my gaslight is on. I instantly become furious and rage call him because I've run out of gas before in his car, luckily not with the girls, but I still held up traffic and had to sit on the side of the road looking like a dumb blonde. I know he innocently forgets, but it still makes me feel like he doesn't care about me or my time. He cannot understand why I'm upset and will just tell me it's not that big of a deal and I can just go get gas, which, yes, obviously that's all true, but it's frustrating that it keeps happening. I've also tried to explain to him how it's ungentlemanly and dangerous for me to have no gas with the baby in the car. I hate arguing over stupid things, but I also hate that he doesn't take the effort to remedy the one recurring issue we have. What do we do? Michelle and George in Denver. Okay, Michelle and George in Denver. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Take the lead. So I think that marriage and relationships about compromise, Scotty and I always say that you need to fall in respect with somebody, not in love. Because if you fall in respect with somebody, the love will happen after. Because everyone's like, I want to be in love. No, you don't. You want to be in respect. If you really want a relationship, you want to be in respect with the person. So that's the first thing. If you respect each other and you like each other, sit down and make a compromise. It's not that hard. Hey, if the thing is below this level of the gas, you know, whatever, go fill it up, you fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. And then so I'll be and you know what I'll do the same for you when I don't have the kids in the car. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This isn't a difficult. I mean, yeah. The prob- the fact that <laughs> he is being difficult. Yeah, this is as hard as it gets. If the fact that your husband is being resistant to like understanding why it's a ungentlemanly that is ungentlemanly, but b unsafe for your children. Yeah. You don't want to be in a position where you're ever going to run out of gas. I think a practical way of addressing the matter as annoying as it may be, is offering to do the same for him. Yes, and and you got to come up with rules. You have got to come up with rules. So the rule is the second it goes below half, who's ever driving, when it goes below half, fill it up. And you can't be a dick about it and be like, well, wasn't I still yeah. above the half when I... Yeah, and it is about respect. And so you should drive that point home, you know, a little bit and say that it doesn't feel good that you're telling him that you need something, that you feel unsafe, and that he doesn't have the time to deal with that or he can't see it. It's like just you saying that doesn't make you feel comfortable or safe should be enough. So I could totally understand your frustration. Yeah, and if same. there's something that you can do for him that's a compromise... Other than the gas, like, I mean, if the gas isn't an issue for him, then maybe he doesn't care if there's a full tank or not. But if there's something else you can do, you know, always offering up your part in it is a good way to compromise, to say, like, you're not the unreasonable one. I'm also willing to do this. 
but fall in respect to each other is a really beautiful thing that you should take to that conversation mm -hmm. as well. For sure, yeah. It's so annoying to have disagreements like that with your husband. I know. To have your husband be like, no, I, mean, I don't see the problem with coming home with an empty gas tank. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, why that, not? That's an issue. I mean, that wouldn't, Scotty and I would nip that in the bud. Yeah, but they already have children and they're married. How fucking annoying to have to be like, now I have to explain to you that you, I, don't, I would prefer that you didn't cheat on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like that common sense, yeah. And I love the idea of setting up rules. You're setting up systems for yourself. Yeah. I think the one thing that stands out to me, too, is he can't understand why she's upset, but she's also rage calling him. So take a time, sit down when yeah. you're not upset yeah. about it and be right. like, you know what? From a logical perspective, let's just do this. This yep. is the new system when it gets to a quarter tank or a half tank or whatever your rule is. And you always have gas in the tank. Yeah, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You can't yeah. just be like, well, uh, the, yeah. can you fucking put, when I come, nobody's going to listen to that. I'm going to use the best example I have in my most recent situation with my relationship is I never have my ringer on on my phone. Never, ever, ever. Because I, I just would prefer not to get phone calls, you know. But uh, You never have your ringer on. Never. Same. Same. Oh, yeah. Right. So I never get text alerts. I mean, Same. I look at my phone frequently, so it's not it's not an issue. But, like, I miss calls all the time. And yeah. I like it that way. Yeah. But my boyfriend really likes to FaceTime and likes to connect several times a day, which is not something that I'm used to, but it's something that I'm totally totally happy to do for him because I love him and he's so sweet and that I'm yeah I'll do it but when I when I have that off and I miss it like a FaceTime he gets really annoyed he's like did you not what what did you not see it I'm like well I don't have my ringer on so I didn't see it also what if you're working yeah well I mean am I ever really working I mean I wouldn't yeah I have my ringer on right now because I'm just waiting for something to interrupt this <laughs> I only put it on when I am working uh. <laughs> so I can have interruptions right. But I, you know, now with him, I do put my ringer on because it's just easier for him. He wants my ringer on. Yeah. And it's not like a controlling thing. He just likes to be able to connect when he wants to connect. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I yeah, that. no problem. It's no fucking problem. It's not my inclination. But of course, if it means something to someone else, just fucking do it. Yeah. You have to meet them where they are. Yeah. yeah. Or meet them across the street and then go get a drink. <laughs> and turn your ringer off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to fucking hate FaceTime. I used to think it was like an assault. Like, really? Well, yeah. If you got like a blind FaceTime without any warning, it would be like, what? Like, I don't. Well, it depends who it's yeah. from. Well, yeah, but I'm also like half the time I'm in bed, not feeling like I want to be seen by strangers. Like, it's always. But what if a... it's your friends? Well, who if cares? it's your friends. Yeah. I mean, my like, friends. Like, Will Arnett will always face. Will always face. Oh, really? There are and people I that. I love that. Oh, and, you and, do. Yes. And if I literally just woke up, I'll answer. I'm like, Hey, man, what's going on? Uh -huh. He's like, busy day, whatever. Yeah. Okay, okay well, well. We solved that. Yeah. My mom will spring a FaceTime on me, and then she'll turn the phone to whoever she's with and be like, say hi oh, to Oh, that's Karen. so annoying. Like, yeah, that's, aunties. Yeah. That's, you it's know what? Yeah, uh, that happens all the time. Joe will be like, look how beautiful my girlfriend is to a group of people. And then I have to, like, look at these people and say, you are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, Joe, that's so painful. So our next caller is Josh, and he is here with us. Oh. He says, Dear Chelsea, I'm afraid a very close friendship of 28 years may have ended. I'm 46 and met my friend when we were seniors in high school. I'm godfather to her three boys, ages 14, 13, and 9. I'm their gunkle, gay uncle, LOL, held each of her boys in my arms when they were babies and have babysat them countless times. I love them dearly. They're the closest I will ever come to having kids of my own. 
About five months ago, my friend cut off communication with me. She felt two other friends of mine and I were judging her parenting. She felt betrayed because we raised reasonable concerns about very stressful home life dynamics. I understand the friendship may never recover, but I'm heartbroken that I'm forbidden to contact my godsons. I feel like this is what divorce feels like, and my partner has run off with the kids. Thanks. That's Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Sean. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, how are you? Are you at a standing desk? I'm at a standing desk, yes. Yeah. I like it. I do, too. I would say, can we dive right in? Yeah, dive right in. I'll ask questions. I think I totally know what you mean. I have God kids too, and their parents were very, very, we're like family. And I'm always careful to say things like, I know I'm not the parent, but have you thought about, or, you know, and give them that respect of knowing you know there's a line and stop me if I'm going to cross it, always giving them the control of that they deserve because they're the parents. And after that disclaimer, then diving in with whatever my thoughts are so that they, so it disarms them almost. I think though that that's already happened, right? It's already too late. Yeah, we have, I feel like it's myself and two other very close friends. We've been friends for decades. I think we have really walked the line really well with her in telling her about our concerns And, you know, it's more of like when she tells us that we're, you know, you're not parents, you don't understand. It's like kind of sticking the knife and twisting it. Like it it feels more like that. But Sean, I I agree with what you said. That's a really good point. And, And I would say like, maybe there's a way to say what I just said or your own version, if you believe in what I just said. I always start, if somebody's, if I'm feeling somebody's not- Receiving? Yes, I always say, are you open to talking about this issue right oh, now? Oh, yeah, that's good. Or are you open to hearing something from me right now? Because if they say no, great, let me know when you are. Uh-huh. Because then, if again, giving them the control uh-huh. to let you then say how you feel that way, it's not your, it's there's no fault to be had. So, yeah, that's true. That's great advice. But so what happened? Like, did you collectively tell her? Because people don't like that either. Right, right. So we're all kind of in a very close-knit group of friends. And there's there's three of us in this group. And we we each went to her with our concern. I had a friend who reached out to her via email saying, you know, I have to set some boundaries. Here's what I'm seeing. I can't be witness to this behavior. There's a lot of yelling. There's throwing mm. of objects. And then another friend of mine who's a single mom coming from her perspective of, you know, that she had been through this. She had had people come to her and say, look, this is getting out of control. So she had came at from, from a standpoint of, I, I, I've been in your position to my friend. And my other friend, who's the godmother, she works with family dynamics. She, she does this for a living. And so she knows a lot about kids and family dynamics. And I was the one who actually just told her in person, I said, hey, these are concerns that, that we are very... We love you. This is coming from a place of love. Okay. And she just shut down. I mean, it was just a complete shutdown. How long ago did this happen? So this happened in February of this year. Wow. And it's been kind of rocky since then or just silent since? It's been pretty much silent. I have had a little bit of communication of the three of us. I've had probably the most communication, which is not much at all. But I was able to talk with two of the boys and I and they both said, Josh, I miss you. I miss you. Oh, and yeah. it just... it brought me to tears and I just like it's like how do I you know like these kids I want to see see her kids and they want to see me so I feel like the kids are really they're not they're being punished and they shouldn't be right was there is there any kind of way to say to ask her if she'll take your call as long as the ringer's turned on 
that uh, was that necessary? <laughs> was is there any way? I'm to sorry say, that I'm sorry that we're bringing our personal stuff into okay. this call. Anytime. <laughs> is there any way to say to her to ask her the question again to give her control to say? Is there any way to rectify the situation? Is there anything I can do or say? Would you want to meet? Would you be open to meeting to maybe discussing it? And I can hear how I can do better mm-hmm. and uh, and learn from you, and then hopefully you'll be open to that. You know, because who could who could deny that? Right. I think that's a really good point. I think, and one of the things we haven't explored a lot of is saying, "Look, can we can we talk about this in person?" I mean, this is. You know, we're talking decades of friendship and, you know, lots of experiences and, and knowing these three boys since they were babies. And it's like, we can't let something like this just go and, and maybe, you know, email and this sort of, it's juvenile behavior. And, but, but again, aside from that, like, maybe we just need, can we sit down and can we talk? Yeah. And I think maybe not as a group, you know what I mean? Because she obviously feels ganged up on and got and shut down because of that reason. So I think like instead of doing it as a group think or it's a different group thing than you and I, Josh, are used to. Yeah. Got it, Sean. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting (laughs) down. Got it. But like, you know, really talking about, you know, the the kids, like I miss the kids, you know, and making that it like, why do we have to punish the kids? I understand that your feelings got hurt and you're right. I'm not a parent. Obviously, that approach didn't work with her. You know, it's important to me. And this is important to me. And there's no. How old are the kids now? The kids are 43, 49, (laughs) 9, 14 and 15. Yeah. And is she married? Yes. Uh Yes. So how has your communication been with her? Like, what is the short, small, like, what have you communicated with her since? So she had sent us, three of us, an email saying, look, I I don't want you to reach out. I don't need your advice. I don't want your advice. And I actually, about a month later, said, hey, can can we talk? And we did talk on the phone. It didn't go that well in the sense that I didn't feel like there was any movement forward. And then she actually reached out and wanted to meet with another friend of mine, two other friends, separate from the group, but she ignored me the whole time. And I tried, I really tried to make conversation, to ask her how how things were going, and it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, Um, it sounds like she's pretty emotionally shut down. Yes. And she's probably having a really, really challenging time raising three boys, it sounds like, because she doesn't know how to handle it, right? And doesn't want any advice, which means she knows she's doing something wrong or she feels like she's doing something wrong. Right. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think you have to, like, look at the situation as if, like, there's there's nothing you're going to be able to do to help her parenting. You can only influence those children by your own actions and your own relationships with them. So your main goal here just has to be to revitalize that relationship, mm-hmm. not try to, you know, get her to admit that she's got any problems with her parenting. That's futile. You know, she's not going to realize that through anything from you saying anything to her obviously. She's going to have to come to grips with that at some other point in her life, if at all. So the only way to to, to try, I think you should move forward in trying to salvage file your relationship. Okay. Yeah, file, trying try to file for, for sole custody of children. Like the worst advice you could ever get. I hadn't thought about that. Well, that's why you called in. Hello. You're welcome. Problem solved. Problem solved. That's why we're here. And we are here every day between 11 and 1. 11. Actually, we're here every day between 11 and 11.15. We only work in 15-minute increments. So you've got to call in. 
It works if you work it. And you are. No, I think that maybe you've got to try a different approach, right? Like that didn't work. So now you have to try a different approach. And if enough time has elapsed, which it does sound like it since it was February, that's several months, for you to just write her a heartfelt email or call her and just go, listen, I am really, really missing you. And I'm really missing the boys. Yeah. You know, I'm missing you. Let's just forget about that conversation. Do you think she wants to reconcile as well? I, I think so. I think deep down she really does. Yeah. I've seen it in sort of some of the actions, but hasn't gotten to the point where we've really been able to move on. But Chelsea, I think that could work in terms of, of doing it in that way. Yeah. Like she just is somebody that's not going to admit that there's a, an issue. Right. It sounds like she's stuck. So that what you have to do is pretend that you were wrong to even bring it up and say, I'm sorry that that's I even brought saying. that up. I overstepped. Yeah, I can understand how you'd be so upset with me. But the truth of the matter is I miss you. I miss the boys. And just remember, you're saying this to make sure that you have that connective tissue to still explore your relationship with the boys. Don't say explore. That sounds strange. But I mean, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like to, to continue. Uh, yeah, to sustain it and right. and and make her believe, you know, and, and it is about her, too, because you have had decades, a decades long friendship that is important to you, as you've already stated. So, yeah, I think you just have to be like a bigger person and just pretend you fucked up yeah, and put yeah. it all on yourself. For sure. And don't make it about you and your other friends. This is just about you. You're going to go clean up your side of the street to reclaim this relationship and they can do whatever they want. That makes sense. That makes sense. And what's her husband and what's his situation? Is he like, are you friends with him? Yeah, yeah, I am friends with him. And we've all known each other about the same amount of time. And she married him after college when we had graduated. Very nice guy, a good dad. We just don't know what's going on. So I haven't really taken that angle to, to reach out to him. But don't, don't do that because here's the yeah, thing. That make it worse. You're already like, she has a problem with you guys having spoken behind her back. That's going to be, the, you know, the crux of her issue is that you guys are talking about how bad of a parent she is together as a group. That's what she's got in her mind because she's heard it from three of you. So you've got to divorce yourself from talking about her behind her back to anyone anymore. You know, that's just going to make it worse. So just, you know, redirect now and just you you have a whole new approach and just make it about your friendship. You love her. You miss her. And it's not your job to tell her how to parent anymore, you know, and, and for the sake of your relationship with the children and for her, your relationship with her. And I guarantee you she's going to be able to hear that what you said before a lot more clearly once she, you guys have stabilized your own relationship. You know, and she's reminded of the goodness that you bring. And, you know, you just have to leave your judgment at the door. It's it's not they're not your children. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that makes sense. But to think of all of the what we've all been through and, and the great times we've had to let something like this derail. It. Yeah, right. I think even if you, you know, if you've had so much We're, history, find a great picture, find something, you know, and just send that to her and say, this yeah. popped up in my memories today. That'd and it so just sweet. made me remember like, oh my God, I can't believe that we haven't spent this time together. I miss your boys so much. Uh -huh. I'm so sorry I overstepped. Like, can we where's, just forget about that? Where's everybody on kidnapping? I mean, are you open to a kidnapping, uh, Josh? No, I thought about it. I, I and I, I would like to hear more about this potential. Uh, yeah, well, we have a call. We have a number. We have a kidnapping hotline that you can call, and we can arrange for three children to be kidnapped. It's usually that's terrible. It's yeah, I know, I know. I knew Sean was going to be terrible at giving uh, advice, and that's why I invited him here today. But Josh, I think you got some good advice. But yeah. will you please let follow up with us and let us know how she reacted? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I would love to. You're and a good I, you're I, a good guy, yeah, Josh, to care that are. much and to love that much. I, I that's really, really great. I appreciate you saying that. And this has helped a lot because I hadn't thought about some of what you brought up before. And and it's nice to get new perspective. And yes, I, I would love to follow up and let you know how it's and going I would out. also, you know, just moving forward in success that this relationship does get back, like get out of the habit of commiserating with your other friends about her parenting style. Just that kind of breeds a whole bunch of other negativity. It's a situation you have very little control over. All you can control is your interactions with her and your interactions with her children. And, you know, lead by that example. Well, yeah, I'm ready to try it and and see what happens. Yeah, I would love to know what happens. Yeah. So interesting. I'll give you Sean's personal phone number. I'm actually going to announce it at the end of this podcast, so you can feel free to text him at any time. Or Or FaceTime him, actually. He he loves to answer FaceTime. I love it. Sean, that'd be great. That'd (laughs) be so helpful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Then we'll develop a relationship. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Chelsea, thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. And Catherine, thank you. Okay. Take care. See you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God, Sean. At first, so suing for sole custody and then a kidnapping as your backup plan. I'm just trying to come Mm -hmm. up with ideas. Well, I mean, listen, listen, we're spitballing. Yeah, yeah, we're spitballing. We gotta come up with the more ideas, the merrier. (laughs) The season is upon us. Merriment. The season of merriment is upon us. (laughs) And giving and taking. Uh, yes, and receiving. Yeah. (laughs) Topping and bottoming. Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. He has a good voice. Can you hear him? <laughs> can you delightful. hear his melody? Oh, yeah, he yes. can really carry a tune. <laughs> and that was it. vibrato. That was nice. a little vibrato. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Can you do it? No, I uh, can't sing at all. Are you a tenor? Baritone? I'm, Something I, like I'm that? a little right in between, yeah. Uh, love it. Yeah. Come <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Please don't be. Please continue. Yeah, I just hope for Josh that, like, she hears this and hears how much he cares about her. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know I know what it's like to have—I don't know what it's like because I'm not a parent, but I can imagine what it's like to have somebody, you know, when you are a parent to children, that's your f- best number one job of the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for somebody, anybody, anybody, family, friends, whatever, to come in and kind of— how it's received is probably tell you how to parent, but they're probably just making suggestions. But yeah. you hear they're dictating how you should maybe parent is a very, it's like, that's the line. You know, that's because number yeah. one job is mm-hmm. parent to my, you don't know what's right for best friend. And a lot of times if people had a better approach about the advice they want to give mm-hmm. to you as a parent, it's the, so- the softer the... Yeah. Oh, saying, are you open to? Yeah. yeah. Within all of your horrible advice, there's always one kernel. <laughs> there's one gem. Um, yeah. You just have to dig for it. Nugget. Asking someone, are you open to hearing this is a great opener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our next caller is Alex, and he is calling from the UK. Oh. Oh, long distance. Wow. Yeah. Fancy. Who can, who can afford that? <laughs> yes. Alex says, Dear Chelsea, I'm currently in a copywriting job that's closer to my dream job than anything else I've done before, and I'm happy in a relationship with my boyfriend of two years, but for the past couple of months I've been feeling pretty unsatisfied with life and had no motivation to do anything at all. It's led me to struggling to do work whilst in the office and having to do it at home in the evenings to catch up. 
I'm constantly distracting myself from doing anything productive because I can't focus at all. It's so annoying. It kind of feels like I'm writing a to-do list every day and then turning it upside down and doing the least important things first. I'm hoping you'll have some advice that can help me focus on what's important in order to be able to enjoy my free time. Alex. Uh, Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Oh, I'm good. This is Sean. Hi, Sean. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Such a pleasure. I love your glasses. Oh, thank you very much. Thought I'd <laughs> make the effort. <laughs> Sean has never met an English person before, so he's very excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm reading the subtitles as you talk. So, wait. So, the main issue is prioritizing your kind of life, right? So, you have more free time for yourself. And, you're not, and what, you're feeling overworked or... Not so much overworked. I'm just, I've always been a procrastinator, but over the last few months, it's got a lot, lot a lot worse. Yeah. And um, it kind of just feels like, like I said, I've got a list of all the stuff I need to do. And I'm kind of scared about doing the most important stuff. So I do the basic things instead. And so what, what about that does scares you? What about the things, what goes in your mind mm. when that, that makes you scared? I guess it's not knowing what I'm doing. And I, I guess I'm like scared of failure or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is a new feeling? Yeah. So it's happened a couple of times before, but it's a lot stronger at the moment. I've done jobs before that I've not really cared about. And I've always wanted to get into writing. And now I'm in it. I feel like I just need to try and put my best foot forward all the time. So I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel a bit frozen sometimes when I'm trying to do work. Yeah, I used to, I know how you feel, because you do, you feel stuck, right, a little bit? And uninspired. And uninspired, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. It's it's the hardest thing to, it's not the hardest thing, but it's it's difficult to come out of it. But I used to, when I was younger, and I'm just going to have diarrhea of the mouth until one of you interrupts me. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to write goal lists, which is the same thing as to-do okay. lists. And I would random, complete stream of conscious randomly write stuff down. So it could have to do with anything with money, relationships, connections, a diet, exercise, anything. I would just, number one, I got to eat better. Two, really focus on my sleep because sleep is everything. Three, uh, call my mom more often. Four, save, you know, $100,000 one day. Whatever it is, <laughs> right? And I would just write them down and I put them away. I don't know if you do that or not. But let me tell you mm-hmm. something. I'm a massive, massive advocate for doing that because I'm telling you right now, Alex, they fucking come true, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. If you start, okay. and, and everybody is like, well, well, I don't wanna do that. Why? It takes five minutes to just sit with yourself and just write down everything you've ever wanted to focus on and do. It could be a short-term uh, a goal, a long-term goal, lifetime goals. I And then I had, on my lifetime goals, I had be on David Letterman. Oh my gosh. Have a billboard on Sunset Boulevard, host Saturday Night Live, all this stuff. And they all fucking came true because I, I wrote them down and I would I would recirculate them every six months. And I would open the drawer and I'd go, oh my gosh. And I would cross off the ones that did happen. And whatever didn't happen, I would just carry over to the next six months. And what this does, it is subconsciously makes you do one thing, one thing towards those goals, whether it's one phone call, one email, one text. So let's say one of your goals is I want to, one of your longtime goals is I want to publish a book, right? I don't know if that's what it yeah. is or is it script or I don't know. So that stays on there until you do it, until you do it. Always write that down because you'll write it down going, gosh, I should write at least just one page. Maybe I'll just write one page and that's it. Don't put any more pressure on yourself. Just write one or even one paragraph. 
Yeah. And put it away. I think a lot about Mm -hmm. procrastination is a lot of it is about feels overwhelming, right? Some of these larger tasks Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, are they things that are doable within that day or are they broader dreams like career dreams? The stuff I'm really stuck on at the moment is specific things that could be done in that day. But I do also have sort of wider goals. So right. I think part of the issue could be as well that the job I'm in right now isn't the exact thing that I want to do mm-hmm. like forever. I've got a lot of steps forward that I want to take. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as you start accomplishing even the tiniest goals, it builds your confidence to then accomplish the next thing. And I know that step is that first step is really, really hard. So nobody can make you do it other than you. But you just it's all about baby steps. And also that first step is something that makes every other step much easier. You're looking at that first step as like every step is going to be that big leap. And it's not because once you take the initiative for the things that matter to you and are important in your life, it doesn't matter if your job isn't the perfect job for you right now. If you have a list of things to do, don't tackle the small, meaningless things first. Take a big thing every morning as a way to change your behavior. You know what I mean? You're going to change your life. You have a huge opportunity right here to change the trajectory of your life instead of just sitting in a standstill and being like, "Ah, I don't know. I don't feel inspired. I don't love this. I don't love that. You know, you have the power to change what you're going to do. And you can do this by just taking more of an initiative and just reorganizing your day and starting out with the bigger tasks. Because the same chip in your head that makes you eat when you're hungry is the same chip you need to activate for whatever it is you want. Because when you're hungry, like when you're gone all day and you're fucking starving, you, you will do, you will do anything to get food inside of your stomach, right? And that same mm-hmm. thing has to be whatever is small or big, you have to activate whatever that is in the same way, I think. Yes, I agree with you. And I think you, you know, you're in charge again of your activation, right? You're, I can see it in your face. You're uninspired. You're bored. You're in a state of ennui. You can change that. <laughs> you have the power to change that. Yeah. So that's exciting. Like you can set, okay, yeah. tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. You can get off this call and write a list, what Sean just said, write a list of the things of your broad goals. And you can write a list of your shorter goals that's of right. the things that are like the practical things that you actually have to get done for your workload. Mm-hmm. You're going to start to feel better about yourself immediately you're going to start That's to right. feel more inspired it, works it does work it does absolutely Catherine. we've talked about this a lot on the podcast yeah absolutely and and i think too as a person who is also prone to procrastination specifically due to having some adhd and some other stuff like that one of the most <laughs> freeing pieces of advice that i ever got was to again those lists are so important even if there's three things you know you need to get done that day you know doing those things but what I would do is I would spend the whole day beating myself up about how I wasn't getting the big thing done and it was hanging over my head and you know just ruining my day and the best piece of advice I got was you're not going to do it until the last minute and you're also going to do your best work at the last minute and so for some people's brains, like we need that pressure to sort of get us to take the take the movement and actually do it. So, you know what, if you find that you want to be working on your writing or whatever in the morning so that you can give yourself that pressure, even though it may mean that you need to do some work in the evening, maybe mm-hmm. restructuring your day, depending on your job, is something that you can do so that you still are having downtime. You still are having creative time. And maybe that creative time is first thing in the morning for you. Right. Or maybe it's going to brunch with your boyfriend or whatever it is. How's your sleep, Alex? <laughs> it's not ideal. It's it could be worse for sure. I've over the last sort of week or so, I've really made a conscious effort to 
if I'm not feeling inspired, just putting a laptop down and thinking I need to go to bed now because otherwise it will just roll over to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I do have a bad habit of sort of feeling like I need to do a task in that day and then not letting myself go to bed until I've done it. And then obviously if that drags on, I, I think the day I sent that uh, the submission in, I'd been up until 4am and then I had to get up at like 8am. Oh yeah, again. that sucks. And yeah. it was so stupid because oh, wow. it ruined the next day. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, and you're way past the point of diminishing returns at that point. Like you're not, your brain's not there. You're exhausted. Yeah. yeah. I think also for you, if you're saying you have a lack of focus, the thing that helps me the most focus, focus the most is meditation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that has helped mm-hmm. me focus and stay at, like in a conversation, paying attention for long extended periods of time so I think it can only enhance you to like you're just going to create a couple of new habits immediately and start download Headspace download that meditation app Calm, Have you, calm Headspace find a voice mm-hmm. that doesn't annoy you basically <laughs> and by yeah. the way over here they're all British and they're fantastic yeah over here they're British Headspace oh. is British so you might like that guy or you might like the American woman from Calm but one of those and just commit to five minutes in the morning because that just is saying to you like, hey, I'm this is my effort to get myself on track every single morning to get myself focused, to give myself this amount of time. Who cares if you're doing it right or not? It's not about that. It's about setting yourself up for success for that day. Yeah. And me- there's nothing that has helped my focus more than meditation. So you are going to get returns on that. You just yeah. have to be consistent with some new patterns of behavior. Yeah. And I, th- I guarantee you, you'll turn around soon. I agree. And that's what this phone call, I think, is all about is is this son so so cheese is the first day of the rest of your life right but uh, but mm-hmm. it's the first day of the, of the rest of your new behavior because when I said how are you sleeping and you said four in the morning that's that's not good sleeping so yes what Chelsea said but yeah. I promise Alex listen to me loud and clear I <laughs> promise you I promise you if you start writing this stuff down it will all come true and one of them should be sleep better I need be I need better sleep mm-hmm. hygiene. Right. Mm. Yeah. Sleep hygiene. Right. Which means you go to bed at the same time every night. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Well, for you, sleep hygiene, I think, means a couple of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's saying I need to take a shower before I go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that's that's great advice. I'll take both bits of advice and board. I've. I've thought about meditation for a long time and I've tried Headspace. You've a been procrastinating times. about meditation yeah. as well. Ab- yeah, absolutely. That was like number 20 on my list. You've been meditating on whether you should meditate. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I will put that right to the top of the list and I'll make a list as well. And don't use your job as an excuse like to not get things done. Like you just give yourself a periods of time where you're going to be creative and sometimes it'll happen and sometimes it won't. But if you get into these new habits, everything's going to flow more easily for you. Like things are going to be easier. Okay. It's not going to be such a like you're thinking, you know, it feels like a mountaintop at this moment. But as soon as you start taking the, the, these little Maybe steps, steps. You're, it's not going to be mm-hmm. a mountaintop. It's just going to be like a treadmill and you're going to like it. Cool. Sounds good. All right, yeah. Alex. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. 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 Good luck in England. Alex is a huge fan of mine. I thought that he seemed to really be taken by you. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you would react that way. That's so typical of you Absolutely. to make this all about Bottomless you. When, pit. That's uh, so typical of, of you to make this all about you when we have somebody in need across uh, the called, pond. It's called fucking Chelsea, whatever the fuck this podcast is Chelsea called. Late, later? Che- Dear Chelsea. It's called Dear, Dear, Chelsea. Dear Chelsea. Dear Chelsea. Oh, my God. The AIDS. What happened? <gasps> oh, my God. Did, I just, did you that? wound her? I scratched. It was just the top of his penis hit me in the elbow, yeah. and now I'm bleeding. You're not the first. <laughs> Who put a razor blade on the top of your penis? 
No, where I did just you scratched. Hit it? Uh, no, I had a. I had like a bite, and I scratched it too hard. Oh, oh God! Oh, I lost so much blood. Oh. I can barely see straight. This will roll over. Ah. This will roll over right in, in nicely to a hypochondriactor. <laughs> For you, it will. Let me just tuck mm, that in. Seventy-five years old. I had. I had once had this showrunner that walked into the office and she had gotten, you know, blood, her blood work done that morning. And she walked in into the writer's room and just was like this, walked by, like, with that little cotton ball. Oh, like okay. she had been, you know, yeah. to Vietnam. <laughs> we were all just Named. like, okay, we get it. You went to the fucking doctor, you fucking idiot. She's like about to faint. Yeah. Look at this. Mm. Oh, God. <gasps> I'm always... Oh, that's oh, right. Sarah Silverman just told me that you have to get a shingles inoculation when, when you're 50. 50. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get super shingles. Important. No, I don't. No. I think I've had no. shingles. Yeah. You don't get a double. You get a shingle. Oh. <sighs> okay. But, but ironically, you need a double of the shingle. Oh, you do? Yeah. You get one now, and then you get okay. one like in two to six months. Oh, okay. One but shingle double you, shot? Yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't want to get shingles. I don't remember being invited to a fiftieth birthday party for you. Because it's the pandemic. Oh. Are you gonna have one? I think you should have one. I don't know. It's kinda of past now. No, I don't think so. I got Scotty this massive trip for his fiftieth birthday and we couldn't go. Come to a safari. We're going on safari oh. in August. Here's the last place I want to ever go in my Africa? life. Africa? So, so, no, on a safari and get like some disease. Oh, no, you get inoculated. You get all your shots before you go so you don't have to worry about it. And then you know. just take doxycycline every day, which I always have. I'd rather the... turn on National Geographic. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break so uh, you can hear an ad and then we'll be right back. Do we have anything else today, Catherine? It, or are we wrapping things we up? We do. Now? Oh. Um, we have one more, <laughs> uh, one more little email. If you're up for it. If yes, you're up for, for it. sure. <laughs> I'm exhausted giving all this advice. You're giving good advice. I like how you're jumping in. That's yeah. good. It's very proactive. And this one actually comes with a cute picture. Oh. So Chelsea, I know you've got one in there. This is from Jenna. Dear Chelsea, I feel as if I'm at a crossroads with my career. I'm currently director at a nonprofit animal rescue in Jackson, Wyoming. Okay. I'm 29 and have worked in this field for almost five years now. I always thought I would only consider working in the nonprofit sector, especially in the philanthropic community I live in, but I've come to the realization that it will be hard to set myself up financially and pursue the passion behind it. I love my job, but I fear I've reached the ceiling in this job, and I don't want to pigeonhole myself in the nonprofit world. I've been looking at other options so I can be comfortable. Do I continue working with my heart on my sleeve and trust that I'll be okay, or do I jump ship and start over in a different field that will have more financial security? XOXO to you, your team, and Burton Bernice, Jenna, and her dogs Gunther and Pepper also say hi. Wow. Um, I mean, we both love doggies. Yeah, I know. But it seems like doggies. Jenna has already kind of, she's, it seems like she's already pivoting. Get it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. she's already in her, her mind uh -huh. making this decision mm -hmm. and wants confirmation to do it. And I would say at 29 years old, that is a great time to make a new decision yes. and yeah. change careers. You mean just because she's asking means she's already kind of yeah. yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. Like the writing's on the wall. Yeah. So I think she just, you want, you're thinking about your future. That's smart. You're 29 years old. You have all the time in the world to change yeah. careers and yeah. try a couple different things, even if one doesn't work out. So I would definitely say, yeah, take a leap of faith. And 
is there like a way to just kind of like go pursue what you want to do and make some money since you need to pay bills and stuff, which I agree with your advice. But can you just go on like a Saturday, like the first Saturday of every month and go volunteer or something just to fulfill that need? There's a balance, right? right? We always try to create, find balance in our lives. So just because you want something else doesn't mean you have to be done with that. And I love these two pictures of the dogs that you sent of Gunther and Pepper. They yeah. are so adorable. Yeah. Oh, I love them. I want to get another dog. I know, me too. I, I would, you have, how are they? Well, they think that my housekeeper is their birth mother yeah. and that I'm some <laughs> slut that comes through the house every three weeks. So <laughs> right, right. I'm fucking over them. But they have been cuter. But they're older. And I think Joe and I are going to get a rescue dog together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. No, I want to get another Will you get another chow? Uh, I love chow mixes. So, yeah, I really love chows. I'd like to get a full-blown chow, but those are hard to get. And you can't, you know, buy a dog when you're a celebrity because PETA will burn your house down. Yeah. And I've had enough. A a full-blown chow sounds like a sex act. (laughs) Well, it will be once I get a hold of it. (laughs) That's so dumb. And on that note, uh, I want to thank my friend Sean Hayes for being with me on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. Always a fucking delightful pleasure to see you. you. Always. Before we go, Sean, I think you had a piece of advice that you wanted to ask Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Oh, the the one you tried to blow earlier this I have a I wrote down like (laughs) six. Oh, okay. Why don't you pick one? I'll pick one. So, like as I was saying at the beginning, you travel so much on tour and you're always, 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 always going. And whenever I travel, I always eat like shit because I'm not home. It's the worst. I'm not home where my I know where to get the good food. I know how to make myself bread. I know where the pot, you know, so you just you're in your zone, right? But the second I get on a plane and go somewhere, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. I'll just have a burger or whatever. So how do you maintain healthy eating when you're traveling? Oh, it's so hard. I'm so with you. It's so hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And I'm not great at it. I do lean on a nutritionist because nutritionists are used to dealing with people when they're on the road. So like, I have all these prepackaged like epic bars, which are really lean. And, and I have my housekeeper, she packs me all these like little snack packs so that I usually try to have only one off meal because it does like lead to a terrible like once you go off then you go off again and then you go off again and then you have sour cream and onion potato chips and then you're like I need a Snickers bar and then I need a Diet Coke and it's a fucking vicious cycle so it's really good to get into the habit of prepackaged food that is like healthy like you can get grass fed or or organic but that's not going to last five months you're on tour no it is because you come home I come home every week and then you know I recap oh oh, oh, okay you come back so I always have it on me. I have a little snack pack with has an Epix bar, which is like these grass-fed, really lean yeah. meat protein bar, and then those my protein bars, the chocolate bars that I like, and then I have like dried fruit and all the stuff that's boring. But I also have these Kiani, which is great, like collagen protein packs, so that if I'm really hungry and there's not healthy food and I can't get egg whites or a chicken Caesar salad or something that's or salmon, I'll, I'll have like these little, you know. What are they called? It's like those little packets that you kind of suck. Heroin? No, it's not heroin. It's like little, uh, you just suck like them. Like a gel pack Yeah, thing. like a gel pack. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just filled with protein? Yeah, it's filled with like little thing, like five grams of collagen protein to tide me over until I can get something healthy, healthy because you are going through cities yeah. where it is, it's almost impossible to get decent food. I just found out the next, uh, the title of your next show. Uh, hot parenting tips? <laughs> healthy Chelsea. Healthy Chelsea? Well, that <laughs> sounds really fucking boring. Well, 
Um, but <laughs> yeah, but listen, I eat like shit too. But you know, uh, the one thing I do every single day, no matter what, is work out. So oh, I that's have so that. good. Well, that's that good. that keeps up your that keeps your energy high. It's hard to find. It's, yeah, I know. But you can find a gym. You're never going to stay in a hotel that doesn't have a gym. Every every hotel has a gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but I I know it, it's it's can hard. Can your housekeeper pack me some weights, like some free weights? Yeah, and yeah. some bands. You yeah. can pack all that shit. Yep. Yeah, she yeah. she won't have a problem with that. All I right, don't great. see why she would. <laughs> Problem solved again. Okay. <laughs> thanks for thanks for tuning in today, you guys. We'll catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye, Sean. Bye, Chelsea. With regard to my stand-up, you guys, I have added 27 or 30 cities. I'm not sure, but 27, 30 cities. We've added Des Moines. We've added your request people, people who requested Louisville, Kentucky. Guess fucking what? I'm coming. We've added Montclair, New Jersey. We've added a whole slew of cities. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, do it. ChelseaHandler.com. We just announced 30 more cities. 27 or 30. Niagara Falls, I'm talking to you too. So suck on that. I'll see everybody on tour. Loving it. Vaccinated and horny.